Hello, welcome to Be With Your Body. My name is Sarah Jane Chapman. This is a podcast about folks connecting to their bodies just as they are without needing to be any other way. Today, I talk with Kate Moore. Kate Moore was the original owner of Get Fit 615. If you remember, and that's a gym here in Nashville, Tennessee. If you remember two episodes ago, I spoke with Jess Thompson. She is the current owner of Get Fit 615. And we just talked about like the original dreams of the gym and it's always had this like thread of, of, you know, accessibility and where Kate started with it and what she did to change it. And, um, and then how Jess has like added some, you can hear it in Jess's episode, how she added some really beautiful touches onto that and made it her own. But we don't just talk about the gym. We actually don't really even talk about the gym that much. We more talk about all sorts of things, connecting with bodies, pleasure. Um, we talk about children. Um, uh, I have a daughter, as you may have heard, and and Kate is a, um, a caregiver for her niece. And so just like kind of learning to be okay with our bodies through like teaching children to be okay with their bodies. There's a lot in this. Honestly, I think I'm just going to talk this, call this real talk with, with Kate Moore. Um, all that to say, I, I want to just acknowledge that the sound quality of this episode is not great, but if you can bear it, I really hope that you can uh, stick with us through some of the, the not great sound quality, because honestly, there's a lot of, a lot of really good nuggets in this one. Um, so yeah, apologies. And I hope that you enjoy Kate Moore. I don't want to hate myself, my body, or my mind. I still have a lot to unlearn. In the meantime, I'll be kind. It's not just me. It's systems of oppression make us small. This healing's not just for you and me, because really, it's for us all. So today, I am with a dear love, Kate Moore. (laughs) Hi, Kate. How are you today? Hi. <laughs> Fine. Just really good. Um, you know, it's trash day here, so we are taking out oh. all of the poopy trash. You know, the baby oh. has a lot of poopy mm-hmm. trash, so that mm-hmm. gets to finally leave the house today. So that's good. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. That's <laughs> exciting. My daughter is um, obsessed with taking out the trash because... Yes. <laughs> She loves like household tasks is like her favorite game. Okay. And so I got her like a mini broom. So anytime I sweep, she's like, sweep. Like she has to stop whatever she's doing and she needs to help me sweep. And so I like keep um, in our pantry, like at her level, this wasn't intentional, but it works out all of our like reusable like grocery bags. And so she'll take them and fill them with her toys and say, oh, bye, taking the trash. And she like tries to take it out. Cute. <laughs> yeah. Like teamwork, teamwork. Everybody everywhere. That's right. I was, literally, this is also the song that we sing all day, every day. Wow, um, cute. <laughs> so, Kate, there I'm There is something like, like... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Or are we just going to keep talking about kids? I'm, uh, you know, this. we could just talk about kids this whole time. I am happy to do that. Because <laughs> you're one of the main caregivers for your niece right now. Yes. And yeah. it's just, it's like a shift, but also it's funny because like... I notice a lot of the same things, like coming from the gym, you know, like working with people in their bodies feels really similar to working with a baby and their body. Okay. 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 I'm going to pause you right there. Now I would like for you to introduce yourself 
okay. and share because I want we oh yes oh my goodness yes okay and share a couple things that you identify with and as and know that I'm also going to be interviewing Jess and so we're going to talk about oh, five and I want to like kind of talk about like your like you know raising of the gym and then we're going to talk about her experience of the gym handing over oh, yay so, I love that talk about all that real quick okay so um I founded a gym in Nashville called get fit 615 in 2014 um I was 24 years old and I've learned a lot of things you know like since maybe. being 24 <laughs> yeah wow um and to be honest, though, like a main, a main thing with the gym for me, especially in the beginning, and it really evolved since this time. Well, and isn't it funny? Okay. So the main thing was like, I wanted to create a space that I really needed. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was like, um, I have been in so many workout environments like all my fucking life and I needed a space that was different than that. And I had the opportunity to create that space in a space that was like, this doesn't have to be about getting smaller. And then, mm. you know, like, cause that was every single, that to me was like why you worked out. And it was like right. something that I really liked to do, but was really like crushed by this like continuous expectation. And like, you know, when you go to a new gym and they're like, great, let's like, let's do your measurements and let's do all this shit. And you're like, I don't want to do any of this. Like, can I just like work out and you mind your own fucking business about the size of my body? (laughs) But that's like really not what gyms are up to. They're really trying to be in your business. And so it was like, we're not going to have a scale here and we're never, ever going to measure you or really talk about it. Like, and, and also like as a movement professional and as a fitness professional, that's literally not even my area of expertise. That's the right? that I think no. is so funny. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's dangerous. So dangerous and so damaging. And like yeah. both of us yeah. have experience with like being yeah. like, yes, I have been damaged by this. And mm-hmm. ha- and like something that I, I'm grateful for now is like instead of instead of going to a space like that, like for instance, I'm in this new little small town. There's a gym, right? And yeah. it is very one. And, like, I haven't seen anybody being, like, weighed or measured at all, but, like, there's a lot of, like, fitness competition kind of stuff happening, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of young people in there, and yeah. I'm going because I want a place where I can move, and I hope that, and also it's hard for me to be in that space because I'm like, wow, yeah, you know, I hope that this isn't doing to people what gym spaces have always done to me right and so and you who have like who has kind of gone through this I don't know for lack of a better word journey where maybe at one point you were in that place where you're like okay so maybe I am here to make my body smaller and then you've learned all these tools to not do that and you're still kind of feeling that energy even though you have all the tools to push it away I mean just think about the folks that are in there that they're just that don't have those tools and they have to be yes. like, uh-huh, fuck, you know? Yes. I think about that a lot. Um, and, you know, like, something that I also notice is the way that people watch other people in the gym. Um, mm-hmm. And I notice often that I'm being watched in the gym. And um, 
and you know, this has also been part of my part of the journey, like with <laughs> Get Fit Six One Five. Is like for me, it was like founding a space that was really like founded on the principles of like we can do better. Yeah, and um, I feel strongly about when you know that things can be done differently the first and best way for those things to spread and be shared with people is to like embody those things. Mm -hmm. And so like Mm -hmm. when I was at with get fit six one five, it was like, if I'm having like a body image day or whatever, Mm -hmm. it suddenly felt like my responsibility to talk yeah. about it and be about it and share about it and like not hide. And so yeah. I feel the same way, like being in any sort of movement space is like not hiding. So like, mm-hmm. you know, like people take their workouts like really seriously, but I kind of like don't anymore because yeah. to me it's like not about the workout. I like really don't care at all very much, but I do know what I'm doing and I do want to feel good. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. like I go in there and do all these like weird movements with maybe like really light weights or no weights. And I see people watching me and I know that like, of course people are going to have whatever story they're going to have about sure. me doing what I'm doing. And I hope that, for some people, what it is is like, oh, wow, look at that girl having fun. Can I share something with you? Yeah. Okay. So the first, so it's funny because like Nashville's like, I call it small town, big city. Like, you know. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> you know, it's like a city. Yeah. And it's like a big city, but like also like kind of once you're here for a while, like folks, you know, especially if you're like in a similar age of someone, like everyone kind of knows each other. Yes. So like I knew who you were, but like, and we had so many mutual friends, but we had like really like known each other yet. And I was pretty, you know, uh, it was the first like couple years of me being like, okay, I'm not going to like actively try to change my body, but like, I need to try on different movements and see what they feel good. And I'd heard from so many people that your gym was more about that. And I was like, all right, let's check this out. And I was so scared to go because like my gym experiences in the past have been like really scary for me or like, you know, like traumatizing, whatever. And (laughs) so in the gym, it's a basement. And there's just one mirror, which I also really appreciate. And you cannot look at the mirror. Like it's set up in a way that like there is a mirror, but like you don't have, like it's not everywhere. And um, I don't know, we were doing like a circuit training or something like that. And, and uh, while like the music was pumping and people were kind of like doing their things, the different spots, you were in the mirror, moving your arms and legs, like watching like your, like the move, like the fat on your arms and legs. Yeah. And you were just laughing to like the music <laughs> and you were dancing to it. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, I love that. I mean, love it. Like, you know, like when was, when was the time before that where you saw your gym professional or literally anyone just jiggling in the mirror? Like that is something that never, that never I didn't have either. Yeah. yeah I've never yeah. had that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then it's yes. almost the opposite. It's like, you see people when they walk by a mirror, like their posture would get taller and they stick their butt in their boobs out or their chest or whatever you know it's like you would see them like kind of put on this like pull it all in you know posture and and yeah I want to go back to the thing that you said a little bit ago where you're like people are watching me at the gym the reality is that people are watching everyone at the gym 
And so I love what you're doing where you're just kind of like, I'm just going to like, people are watching me. Like, I'm just going to have fun. And in um, recovery and like self-step recovery is called attraction rather than promotion. So it's like just you doing your thing. People are like, Oh, I want that. Well, how's that? How do I get that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And this is like, you're doing like something that I feel so strongly about is like, that this is such like collective work. And so I really do think that this is, this is, this is everybody's problem to solve. Yeah. And so this 100. is everybody's problem, like to be about. So even like in the gym, you know, it was like, you're not allowed to stand here and say shitty stuff about yourself because mm-hmm. not only are you hearing that, but so are other people. And, and as the owner of this space, as a facilitator of this time together, that's not okay. And so there were multiple times where I would like, pull somebody aside in the office and be like, Hey, listen, we need to talk about this. You know, like I can't, I can't let this be like the language that you're using in this space because I care about you and because I care about everybody else here. And, and I, and so like, that was a really, I had some really powerful conversations with people and a lot of them being like, I didn't know how my behavior affected other people. Mm, And it's like, it really mm -hmm. does. And so we think that we're just like steeped in all this, like, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, of thought around like, oh, well, I feel this way about my body, but I don't feel it about other people's bodies. And it's like, mm, it cannot be, tr- cannot really I be can't, true. No. Oh my goodness. Kay, I literally have this conversation with people all the time, especially in the conversation around specifically fat phobia or mm-hmm. anti-fat biases, and mm-hmm. it's like, they're like, well, it's okay for other people to be fat, but it's not okay for me to be fat, and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> That's not how well, that works, yeah. Because, like, what do you believe in about it? And so, like, if you believe about that for yourself, there's no way that you can just, like, like block that and, and, and then not believe that about a fat person standing in front of you. And so, and that was a big part of it for me, too, like, going, okay, um, here's what I've always believed about myself. Oh my God, what does that mean that I believe about other people? And is that who I want to be? And is that a way that I'm able to care for people? Cause it's not. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, and the thing is this work, you know, it starts with our bodies, but then like you say, it filters out through all aspects of our life. It's like how I talk to myself really, you know, informs how I talk to other people, like specifically people that more, more, more so the people that I love, right? Because the people that you're closest yes. with, you're most likely to be the shittiest too, <laughs> totally. you know? And so it's like... And I noticed things. too, yeah. it's like with the anti-fat bias part, it's like, and, and for the folks who feel like, well, I can feel this way about myself, but I don't feel about the other person. Still, you know, when... Okay, so a thing about me is like, I am... I feel like anger is a really important emotion and we should all be able to express it. Right. So like, uh, but that hasn't always been the narrative for me. It's Mm -hmm. always been like, wow, you're like way too much. And so then that is, then I'm like, okay, great. Well, I'll try to become smaller. Well, then when somebody in front of me is maybe big and a lot, like I, like I am on like the little Kate inside, but like, Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to express, I'm still not able to, um, like hold that person with genuine, authentic care, you yeah. know, because I'm still so caught up in my own stuff ab- about it. And so it's like, 
it's the same. It's the same. It's all the same shit. Like if I'm not okay oh with me goodness. being angry, how can I be okay with somebody else being angry? And what I mm-hmm. believe in is like bodies being able to be the bodies that they are and people being able to be the people that they are. So like, Oh my God, I've got to get really comfortable in the body that I've got. And I've got to become the person that I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also like, it's, it's like work together, right? Like the way 100%. somebody else is who they are, that helps me too. And, and it, so something I think is really important is that it is not, it is not a collective job. Right. This is, yeah, this isn't just individual work. We all need to work on this together. Yeah. Yeah, it's and then yeah, and then like learning because um, the other part that I feel like I want to also acknowledge with this. Okay, so I feel like so much of my life is like children's things, but like learning to <laughs> to care for a child, uh, like in a you know like being a parent or being like an in like living with like caregiver. Um, uh, so I'm like, wow, me learning how to be a parent makes me kind of like learn how relearn how to be a person so there is this I don't know if you're familiar with the works of Daniel Tiger oh Daniel Tiger <laughs> I'm not super familiar yet okay okay you'll get there you'll get there okay so Daniel Tiger for many people who don't have children and don't know is the like next generation of Mr. Rogers so it's written by the same people <laughs> and they have like a theme every and I, I literally Daniel's Daniel's like a child tiger and then he has two like parent tigers and these parents are like it's so funny my husband and I watch how are they so calm <laughs> when like they like just they just embody this like okay hey and anyway so there's a couple little songs that they'll have and I'm going to tell one about being angry that I think about all the time you want to hear it okay it goes like this yeah. okay don't sue me Daniel Tiger for singing your song okay <laughs> stop 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 it's okay to feel angry. It's not, not, not okay to hurt someone. Yeah. Think about that all the time. And I'm like, yeah, please feel angry. But then the next step of that is like, please don't hurt people in that process. Yes. And it's like, I think a, a narrative that we have about anger is that it's inherently violent. Right. And it when, isn't. It isn't. It is just like, like, when you're excited, that doesn't mean that you're inherently out of control. Like I think there's, mm-hmm. and, and also when we're not ever allowed to be angry, then it makes sense that when we are super fucking angry, that we may do violent things. Hello. Yeah, like, like, yeah. we, like we talk about like, oh, like big feelings all the time. And it's like, well, feelings don't have to be so gigantic if we're mm-hmm. allowed to them as they come yeah yeah like you know and so if all you are and so and so like that's how I feel about the the body stuff if you're just honest about where you're at about it what is there to to me like honesty diffuses everything because it's like yes it's just true it's just where I'm at yeah, you know, so, and I think with a lot of this, like, body neutrality, body positivity work, there's this, um, there, there's this illusion that it's like, okay, so I'm going to start by saying, 
all right, I want to work on my body image. And then the next day you're like, I feel great. Okay, done. You know, and like that is, I am here to tell everyone that is, I don't know, if anyone, if anyone experiences that, please let me know. <laughs> I would love to know what that's like. You know, it's like totally. my experience is like, it goes, you know, it goes through weight. Like I'll have a really long time where I'm feeling like, okay, like body neutral. Yep. Okay. Things sit differently today. That's okay. And then, you know, something pops up and I'm like, oh, this is still something that I'm, processing always yeah and like I bet I don't know this as a person who has given birth or carried a child Mm -hmm. in my body in Mm -hmm. any way but I can only imagine the way in which like okay and then that's okay and then exactly this is the reason that like um so gyms kind of will sell you this narrative of if you get your body to be in this way, you're going to be happy. And then the whole fucking problem is, is that your body is going to shift and change over time, right? So like, <laughs> yeah. if you get it in one way, you're still, it's, you're stuck. You're totally yeah. stuck. And so like, what if instead it, it is a relationship? Because I can only imagine the way that, you know, like if I do carry a baby, my relationship with my body will have to shift. It will need different things. I will mm-hmm. feel some kind of way about it throughout the process. And obviously that's something that I'm sure that you and my sister, for instance, can speak on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. So, and it's so funny because pregnancy and each pregnancy within even one person is like a totally different experience. And I mean, for me, I love being pregnant, uh, but not everyone does, which is like also Mm -hmm. totally valid. For me, what was so interesting was the constant adjustment to my postpartum body. Right. So first it was like a lot of pain. Like I had an episiotomy, which if you don't know, I'm going to get graphic for a second. It's when they cut the bottom part of my, uh, or it's like in my perineum, like the space between, you know, and, um, and so I had like a really big scar that was like really painful and like really itchy for a long time. And then just, you know, the process of breastfeeding, all that. And it's funny, my daughter's two, and I'm like, oh, my body is continuing to change. You know, there's this illusion, kind of what you just said, where, oh, if you get your body a certain way, then you'll be happy. There's also this illusion with postpartum bodies that um, you have an X amount of time. Okay, six weeks. All right, get right back to it. Your body will be exactly how it was before. Your body will never be the same after birth, ever. No matter how the baby came out of your body, vaginally or Mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, and then that's the thing that I feel like I, that, that illusion needs to be broken because it will always be different. And this work is so important with that because I know so many people who have birthed who were like that grief. Mm -hmm. I was told that I would have my body how it was before. And, and honestly, in some ways, like more now in like, there's, um, like sex feels better than it did before. Like there's some really, for me, obviously everyone has different experiences. It's just really cool to like feel how different parts of my body experience have changed. And it's like that meeting the newness with like curiosity instead of uh, like general disappointment. Yeah. Judgment, whatever it is. And it's, like, I I really like that you're speaking to that space of, like, grief because, Mm -hmm. like, damn, as we, like, shift and change, of course, there's going to be grief, you know, and, like, letting, and and also, again, with, like, the bigness of it all, it it isn't, it doesn't have to be so big if we just, like, let it be, 
mm-hmm. and then it's like the, meeting the grief with the curiosity and then meeting all like how cool is it that your body for starters goes through like its own like multiple life cycles oh like, my goodness cool yeah <laughs> so cool so cool and it, you know it really and for me it's really helped me to tune into different parts of my menstrual cycle too you know, mm-hmm. and then like readjusting to that. Cause for us, it was really hard. Like for me, I feel like my pregnancy was like three years long because it took us about a year and a half to conceive. And so we were like all of the grief around that too, around infertility, but it wasn't because we ended up whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, but then having, and I feel like you and I have talked about this before, or maybe I've just like saw you on a post about it on social media, but, but just like tuning into different parts of like, I like having to actually learn, like, oh, like, this is, like, this part of my cycle. Oh, I'm ovulating. How does that feel? Oh, like, there's this part. How does that feel? And, like, um, and I just, I'm, like, oh, wow, this is so empowering to not take my body so personally, <laughs> too, where it's, like, right, you know, this is yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's, mm-hmm. like, it's reasonable. Or, or, and also, like, maybe now I have some tools. Yeah, like because oh I understand what's happening here. Like that's what I think about. Like, um, like I'll have like an ache and pain. Well, I've got tools to use in the gym to like move through that space. So instead of letting that turn into like a debilitating ache and pain, sure, I've got some tools. You know, what some are some tools you like tools. to use? Yeah, what kind of what kind of mm. tools do you like to use? I mean, I mean, it depends on like what I've got going on, but you know, like if I've been sitting for too long, like I know how to make my hips feel better and not stuck, yeah. you know, like glute mm-hmm. bridges all day, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I do a lot of like twisting things because I sit a lot or I carry this baby where my shoulders are kind of like hunched mm-hmm. over, you know, like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 I was in there one mm-hmm. day and I had her in like a front pack and one of the trainers mm-hmm. in there was like, Oh my God, I bet your back really hurts. And I was like, my man, as a trainer and as somebody who has a lot of moms who come in and you told me that, like, don't you have some tools to know maybe what parents are in ways parents are moving on a regular basis and how to help them do that in a less yeah. painful way. Isn't that our job? What is the job of a fitness instructor? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I would love, yeah. What do you think it is? Like from your experience, like what's your like dream utopia fitness instructor job description? I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> totally. Okay. This is going to be a long answer because my dream utopia fitness instructor is that uh, like there's not a lot of need for them because (laughs) my dream utopia world would have no systemic oppression. And so therefore no diet Mm. culture, which would have never created like the fitness instructor in the first place. Diet culture Mm. started that I feel like. Yes. So I think like, and though we would, we, as a group of people, a society, or just like people, you know, we, we inherently move. That is, if we didn't move, we wouldn't have bodies in the way that we do. So like 
we would just be moving more. And maybe like the physical therapists of the world would be the help you out with the pain stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like my utopia of a fitness instructor, like today yeah. is somebody who helps you have like an an embodied movement practice. So like maybe mm-hmm. they're helping you create like body awareness. You, you are learning the tools for yourself so that you are able to like insource those tools when you need to, instead of always looking externally for what does my body need that you learn how to listen to your body in that way. Um, my utopia fitness instructor would know about systems of oppression and would know the ways in which those impact people in their body. Um, my <laughs> utopia fitness instructor is never ever using shame as a tool oh, of no. motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and you know, shame can be so subtle too. There's a person that I um, know personally and I follow them on social media and they're always listing the reasons to work out and it feels like, and it, but, and, and they're not always fun. It's like when you get old, you're going to have to, you know, do these things. Like when, like, you know, and it feels a little bit like it's like trying to be helpful, but it just like makes me feel bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like, like that is, uh, that is such the yeah. fitness industry in like a nutshell. And, and it's like, okay, okay. Cause I think about this a lot because something yeah. that, um, I want to be able to move because, mm-hmm. because movement to me in the ways that I like and want to do it gives me access to a feeling of freedom in my body. However, what takes away from me being able to feel free in my body is take is any time the movement practice or whatever it is that I'm doing take is for some other reason other than just being present with where I'm at now. So like moving now so that I will maybe feel kind of good when I'm 80 in my body, mm-hmm. that yeah. is yeah. a total disconnect to me Yeah, because my mm-hmm. body when she's 80 is going to need different stuff than my oh body my does now. So yeah. like, why not just continue to be curious and shift as we need to instead of, it's like what I think about when I think about somebody who's working one of these like nine to five jobs that they fucking hate. And then they're like, yeah, but when I'm 65, I'm going to get to retire and I'm going to have like a retirement account. You'd be like, what if you die before then? <laughs> Not to what? be morbid, you, you know? know, like yeah. what do you do? Yeah. And like, who are you now? Like, how are yeah. you showing up in the world now? How are you like what that feels well, to me? Like you don't value this right now at all. And it also puts the value on the money. You know, it's like, Oh, I'm building money for money later. And it's the same thing with this fitness thing where it's like, I'm building, uh, I don't know, like a self-esteem or like a, like a way that I'm supposed to feel so that, that maybe I'll feel exactly this way in, you know, 40, yeah. 50 years. And it's like, you won't. And that's okay too. Like, that's why I'm always like, bodies change. Like, it's okay that bodies change. Like, that's okay. We don't yes. have to like always be like a 22 year old body, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I know. And then that's the other thing is like, we're all aging. We are yeah. all aging. It is what mm. starts happening from the instant that you are conception or whatever you start (laughs) aging like that's the deal and so it's like instead how how can we like be with that process instead of fighting that's the other thing it's like aren't we tired Mm -hmm. of fighting aren't we tired of this are we tired of fighting it's so exhausting you know Mm -hmm. and there I mean talking about systems of oppression there's so much sadness and like awful things happening in the world why make your movement also awful (laughs) like and especially because like everybody every single scientist knows that exercise and movement is one of the best things that we can do for like our joy and in a world where like everything nearly everything it feels like sucks away access Mm -hmm. to that it's like well screw you i'm gonna take 20 minutes and do some jumping jacks and stuff and so bring it on you know like try to make me sad Mm -hmm. because i've got this tool that is is innately in my body Mm -hmm. oh my goodness oh wait okay so okay what are you doing i would like to ask people what are you doing these days to feel connected to your body so we know that you're finding some movement that feels good for you what else sometimes sometimes um You know, like I'm in a space where I feel good in my body. Mm, That's awesome. Kind of all the time. That's so great. That's so great. I'm so happy for you. That's, I mean, that's huge. Like, okay, something that I really connected to is okay, have you, do you have this stack of cards called Sex Talk by Mickey? I forget what their last name is. Anyway, there's a deck of cards called Sex Talk. And one of the, it just came in the mail, like, yesterday. And the very first card is, says, like, how old were you when you realized that you were, like, a sexual being? Oh, my God. And I'm, like, it happened in, like, 2019. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah, like, to me, uh, this idea of, like, sex and pleasure has always been a shameful topic especially for women mm-hmm. and like it was it's never been something that I thought like this is an okay thing to be curious about this is an okay thing yeah. to have fun doing this is an okay thing to have needs about this is an okay thing to communicate about and so like spending so much time alone in the past, like, three years, it's been, like, well, I'm going to buy a vibrator. Okay, yes. I'm going to buy a bunch of them. Like, I'm going to have oh, fun yeah. doing Do I like this, this one? Do I like that yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, like, what am I into? What am I into? Yes. What the fuck Curiosity. am I into? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Curiosity, and so, yeah. to be completely honest, like, that, um, allowing myself to connect with myself mm. in that way on a really regular basis has been a really liberating thing. Yeah. And so that is a way. A feeling. I find like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Someone also interviewed my friend, Rudy. They talked about how um, like 
especially for like sexual assault survivors, like learning to reconnect with oneself, but also like learning to be in relationships where like consent is like such an important part of that has been like really, really healing too. So yes. I'm so glad you're also talking about this. I think it's really important. Uh, and it's just like another thing that is like literally right at our fingertips, you know, <laughs> Oops, hold yeah. on. that hold on. Sorry. That's okay. Um, it's like literally something that we have is right at our fingertips and another yeah. way that like, is both like like a release, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and like, talk about really, honestly, hello. So yes. And then oh, something that it. Lily is doing right now, my niece, and she just turned one. Um, you know, like she's discovering her body, and yeah. so we do that together, mm-hmm. like. You know, she's learning about where her tummy is and where her feet mm-hmm. are. And some of the mm-hmm. funny things that she can do with her body are just so wild. And so oh we kind God. of, like, roll around on the floor all day. Yeah. And, like, do that together. You know? Oh, like, my goodness. Yes. Oh, it just reminds me. Yeah, this is, um, yeah, so Ray and I often take a bath together and do, like, eyes, ears, whatever, and then tummy. And then she looks at my boobs and she's like, tummy? Because, like, my, be- my belly has, like, some rolls in it. And I was like... Oh no, those are, and I'm, I'm like, I, we're mostly doing anatomically correct words, but I was like, I'm going to say boobs because breast feels, I don't know. Yes. Matriarchal to me. I'm trying to get Lily to learn about her nipples. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's got her nipples then, up here and her tummy down here. Ray was like, you will have boobs one day, like mama. And then she's like, mama's boobs? And then this is like a big conversation we have really regularly is that she'll look at me and be like, Ray boobs and I was like one day you know and then like yeah exactly what you're saying is like why it's important to me that we have these conversations with ourselves because then Mm -hmm. like if we're not having these open and honest conversations with ourselves about our bodies how can we possibly have them with our children with children oh my goodness Yes. yes if we're feeling ashamed and like scared yeah Oh, yes. I mean, and that was for me, one of the main reasons because I knew I wanted to be a parent. And I was like, how can I have to sort this shit out? And it is like, definitely not perfect. But, you know, I knew that I needed to get okay with myself, at least to a point before, because it's it's so important. And it's so, um, and then it's also, I I mean, literally for all bodies, but especially, and I hope this isn't true as these little children are, you know, growing up, but especially for, for female bodies, for folks born in, in, you know, with vulvas and vaginas and uteruses and all that, for them to feel like, like strength and autonomy around their bodies, because from such a young age, it's just so wild to me to see like how culturally we're kind of tell little girls that their bodies are not their bodies. you know and I you know I think about I I think of it as kind of just like a tool for everybody to be able Mm -hmm. to talk about bodies yes oh my goodness you know because it it, it's like for us and like our generation it's like every single god every almost every single environment that I've been in in which bodies has been a conversation it's been a shame-based conversation Mm -hmm. and so this is bad this is bad yeah yeah. It's like in Mean Girls where she's like, um, my nail beds suck, you know? <laughs> and, they and, then, like and, and then it's like one little thing like that in a fucking movie. Yeah. And then one little person is like, yeah, yeah, nail like, beds. Wait, 
Yeah. What is that? Is is mine? Are mine okay? Is mine okay? Yeah. 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 Okay, I you share. Know, my yeah. recent thing has been that like skincare is the new diet culture. Oh my god, Kate. Mm-hmm. Because wow. everybody is like, wow, diet culture is so bad. So like, I'm really happy in my body, but also I spend hundreds of dollars every month on all of these. You just shit. said, oh my goodness, you just said a truth. You know, when you, you hear a truth, you're like, oh my God, that's it. That's it. And I'm yes. so glad you said it because I've been like, what feels weird about this to me? Yeah. Because people are talking about skin all the time. And I'm like, why does this feel weird to me? And I couldn't put my finger on it. Oh my goodness. That's it. Okay. That's it. So I ha- I do have a dear friend who was like, Kate, I actually need to talk to you about that. I think I posted it on like my Instagram stories on that. Yeah. I was like, you guys, <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Like, how do we not see it's all the same shit. And one of my, my friends goodness. was like, hold on. Like, and she really suffers from like cystic acne, um, yeah. which I have also had in my life mm-hmm. and is super fucking painful. It hurts all of the things. Taking care of yourself is different than doing it to stop the aging process, to look a certain, like, aesthetic. Like, the care is different. And we have to figure out how to insource the care instead of having it be for some external reason. And also, you can look however it is you want to look. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. One, both. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I feel like it all comes back to, I mean, that's why I love the framework of intuitive eating and how that can kind of like lead into all these places where it's like, okay, so how can we unlearn, you know, in very basic watered down terms, like how can we, what is the thing that we think it's supposed to be? Like, how can we unlearn the thing and then start to be like, okay, so what is it that I need? Like, what is it that actually feels good for me? Yes. And you know, like those things are very muddled. Yeah. 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 Because it's like, we're, we're kind of taught that there is some, some higher, you know, authority figure on whatever. And we're told that like, Oh, listen to this person. And maybe that works for them and like amazing for them. But like, that's not going to work for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's really the thing that we need to learn is like, give people the tools to be like, yeah, like this is how you can like kind of figure out. And then in the process, which is going to be messy, like, you know, sit with those little uncomfortable feelings. Yes. It's like why it's important for fitness instructors, yoga teachers, whatever, bomber bomber movement people, yeah, 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 to yeah, give yeah. options. Discover yeah. all of these different things. Mm-hmm. Discover it in your body. Today, try it on. If it's not right, tomorrow, try the next thing. Great. It's so good. It's a learning process. Oh, my goodness. Kate, I could really talk for you. For, you know, I mean, you know. We're like, I don't know. know. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. This was just such a magical treat. And I'm just so glad sharing all this knowledge. Can I tell you one of the tools that you have given me that has been one of the most helpful things, especially for me when I'm in a, like, I can get in real, like a brain spiral of shame. Yeah. All sorts of things. It can be anything. Um, But normally it's when I'm in some sort of spiral of speaking really negatively to myself and the reason that it's important for me um not to speak negatively to myself is not like of course I want to be like (laughs) because I love myself and like all of these things but really because it's not helpful like whatever it is that I'm trying to do it's like 
when I get in one of these like negative shame spirals about something, it's just like, it's not helpful. It's not helping me move forward. It's not helping me unpack what has happened. It's just like literally not helpful. And so, um, your Niasa practice, uh, it is yeah. the, like, it is the tool that I use now. Cause I can do it anywhere. I can kind of do it. Um, you know, like in a group of other people without them knowing that I'm doing it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a video of practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I send that video to so many people because oh. it is just like the most like grounding tool. And I went to see Sarah Jane one day for a massage and I was like, listen, I really need help. I'm really stuck. And she was like, great. All you have to do is breathe and touch your fingers together. <laughs> and I was like, that is totally something that I can do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you so much for for sharing that that with me. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. That's one of the most, yeah. When I learned that practice in my yoga therapy training, I mean, it Mm -hmm. changed my life because it's just Mm -hmm. like this super simple, like sounding, you're touching, you're like being with and breathing. Yeah. Which I mean, what's more magical than that? I know. Right. (laughs) All of these tools literally at our fingertips. And it's like that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're yeah. just a pure light in this world. I just want you to know that. I feel exactly You're... the same way about you, Sarah Jane. Oh, thank you, darling. All right. Well, yeah. we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being here. And here's one thing that you can do to be okay with being you. Here's one thing that you can do to be okay with being you. So I have to talk about Nyasa because that's what Kate said was a really helpful thing for her in connecting with her body. Um, So Nyasa in Sanskrit means to touch. And there's a couple ways that we can practice. We, I, the practice that I specifically gave Kate is called finger Nyasa. So it's like where you touch your own fingers But this is a practice that you can do um, by touching any part of your body. So it is this like really nourishing thing. We actually kind of did a little bit of this um, in the episode with Melissa. Melissa gave us this beautiful practice. And in that practice, we touched our own um, shoulder and arm. And that would be considered nyasa as well. So there's just like this really beautiful quality. It's very nourishing to, to touch ourselves in this way. So I'm going to guide you through a little finger nyasa practice. So obviously make sure you're in a safe place where you can, you don't need to use your hands for anything. So wherever you are, if you can be uh, seated or laying down anywhere that feels supportive for you, let your hands rest either in your lap or on the floor. Or if you're sitting at a table, you can also rest your hands on a table, which is fine. Palms facing up towards the ceiling or sky. As you inhale, extend your fingers away from each other. As you exhale, touch your thumb to your pointer finger. Inhale, expand expand your fingers away from each other. Exhale, touch your thumb to your middle finger. Inhale, expand your fingers away from each other. Exhale, touch your thumb to your ring finger. Inhale, expand your fingers away from each other. Exhale, touch your thumb to your pinky. 
Inhale, expand, fingers away. And then we're gonna go back through each finger. So exhale, thumb to ring finger. Inhale, expand away. Exhale, thumb to middle. Inhale, expand away. Exhale, thumb to pointer. So that would be one round. So you take one breath, touching each fingertip, and then moving back through. And if it's available, you can do both hands at the same time. If you only have access to one hand, you can just do one hand. That's totally fine. I actually work with um, some stroke survivors who sometimes don't have full access of one of their hands. And just even by having the one hand that is able to do this action, like that can also have some great benefits. So just a heads up for that. Um, yeah, try it out. Try to do a couple rounds. Anytime you're feeling stressed or anxious, this is one of my favorite tools to give people. I've had many clients who've shared with me that they were in a stressful situation and that just taking a moment and as they exhale, they touch their thumb to each individual fingertip, that simple act can help them to come back into their body and um, maybe not feel so stressed. So let me know what you think. Always feel free to write a comment or you can always, again, follow us on um, Be With Your Body podcast on Instagram. And, you know, while we're at it, if, if you're really enjoying this, you know, why don't you subscribe, you know, rate, review, all that, you know, nice words are nice words are appreciated. Um, if you have any constructive feedback, however, and you know, don't judge the sound quality of this episode to how it always, it's not always great, but this one was really bad. So if you have constructive or, or just like, Hey, I have a thing that might help you, please. You can always message me on that Instagram handle, uh, be with your body podcast. But if you like it and you want to leave all the good reviews, yeah. Five stars say this changed my life for the better, you know, Little things like that. (laughs) Okay. All right. We will chat with you. By we, I mean me. We'll chat with you next week. Okay, bye. That's okay if your body's changed. And that's okay if your body's changed. That's okay if your body's changed. And why would you expect them to stay the same? When in fact, everything does change.